goddamn. It's the Bowski Bros. Welcome back to the Bowski Bros podcast. This is an NFL podcast for the average bro. Great to have everybody here. We have Johnny on tonight, myself, Tim, and back by popular demand, Dylan, the Vikings fan. I'm going to wear out the welcome. At some point, you're going to wear out the welcome. Maybe. We'll see. It'll happen. I don't know. You, you know, you're Definitely okay. Definitely happened for me. <laughs> you're okay so far. You're, you're okay so far. Jury's still out. We'll see. <laughs> I love you, Dylan. Hanging on a cliff by a fingernail. That's me, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Anyway, we are back after a championship weekend. Great to have all the listeners here. Hey, we just want to say right off the bat here, uh, we've we've almost, you know plummaged through a second season of the Bosque Bros, and some of you have been around since the very beginning when uh, <clears throat> we didn't know what the hell we were doing, and still we kind of don't know what the hell we're doing, but, you know, we learn more and more every single week, and we have fun, but we just want to say thanks for sticking around. It is great to have those of you that have been here from the very beginning listening with us, and if you are, are just joining us, well, welcome. Buckle up. Welcome to the Bowski Bros. The Bowski Bros. Ride. It's great to have you as well. But to to new and old listeners, we we would absolutely love if you just took a second and uh, on whatever listening platform you are on, just leave us a quick review. If this is your first episode you're hopping on, wait till the end to judge us, uh, Dylan. Depending on what what bullshit comes out of Dylan's mouth, it might be a one or a five star review. So we'll see. Wait, wait, wait till the very end uh, to judge us on that one. But anyway, we are back after championship weekend. And boys, it was uh, it was like 50% exciting and 50% just a dud for a championship weekend. Would that be a fair assessment? Absolutely. I thought I was so excited for both these games. And one of them definitely delivered. But the early afternoon game on Sunday, Eagles-Niners, how fucking boring was that game? I mean, obviously there was the controversy with injuries and and whatever, but like, good lord, just zero entertainment value. Dylan, did you enjoy watching that game? I would initially like to lead off with the comment that Josh Johnson sounds like an NPC from a from a poorly <laughs> written video game. Like that that is just like the most plug and play EA just phoned it in player name that I've ever heard. So. <clears throat> I mean, it's like Dylan. It's like when you play Madden and you have like a like a franchise, and you're playing like 2022 Madden, right? And you're in like your 2035 season, and you're playing against the team. That's the quarterback that you're playing against, right? Because all the old ones that you know are out of the league, and you're playing Josh fucking Johnson. Like, okay, EA, you're, I'm still you're drunk. <laughs> I'm still not a hundred percent sure that the NFL didn't just spawn Josh Johnson in the locker room and send him trotting out to the, <laughs> to the San Francisco yeah. 49ers sideline, because that is the level of intensity that he brought to that game. And uh, honestly, he was put in an absolutely impossible situation. I mean, I don't know what you expect a fourth stringer to really be step stepping in there and doing and especially because he was, I mean, he is a journeyman quarterback, so to speak, you know, practice squad level. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> 
Maybe right. they, I think the NFL drummed that up while he was he, in the locker he wasn't, room. He wasn't the <laughs> cyborg created in some Like, left. quick, go, go on Wikipedia and make up, make up 14 rosters that he's been on. Quick. <laughs> Never heard of him. Exactly. At first, you know who I thought it was at first? I thought they said Josh Freeman. I'm like, that motherfucker's still no. playing? There's no way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he three bills at this point. They have great so, hair yeah, out Brock there. Purdy goes out, sprains his or tears his whatever the fuck UCL in his elbow and his throwing arm nonetheless. That is not an injury you can like go in the locker room, shoot up a bunch of whatever the fuck you're going to shoot up and then come back out all glossy eyed like Aaron Rodgers against the Bears and finish him off. Like you're, you just can't play. And that was so unfortunate for them. They became unbelievably one-dimensional after that like the there was nothing that the mastermind shanahan could do to out scheme the eagles defense i mean the eagles were just like they just went into like a you know let's stack the box with nine guys you have to run the ball we got you like it was just zero entertainment at all from that side you know tim as much as i think that the storyline has been the San Francisco injuries on offense and granted they're significant. I'm, I'm not discrediting that whatsoever. Um, the one thing I will say though, is I think that this was a beautiful showcase of just how dynamic the Philadelphia offense is um, because mm-hmm. regardless of what happened on the San Francisco offense and granted it put the defense in some very difficult situations, but this highly touted legendary level, you know, Ravens pedigree defense Mm-hmm. was a really difficult situation and not only did they get whipped but they got whipped bad and Jalen Hurts threw for 122 yards through the air and it wasn't a close game I mean yeah. normally when you see those kind of crazy numbers it's because you've got some sort of mismatch on the outside and you've got a wide receiver who can just consistently torch the secondary that was not the situation for Philly they literally just could run the ball to anyone they wanted to and it worked and so I think that that is ultimately what, you know, if, if, if I'm Andy Reid and I'm taking notes, that's what I'm looking at because that is a dangerous offense that they have in Philly right now. I, I didn't get to really watch, and I told you guys this, I didn't really get to watch that full game. Did it look from your perspective after Purdy went out as though the team just kind of deflated both offense and defense, or did it seem as though everybody was still kind of, you know, because you're talking about Jalen and the Eagles being able to pass, being able to throw and run. Is that, I mean, just because they had a great scheme or did the 49ers kind of just deflate? Um, I I get Dylan. Do you, you got a comment on that one? And Dylan, I think about it Dylan if, you, if you need to tee up, if we need every episode moving forward, we need a, you know, Johnny, you seem like a great guy. No, However, if, no, if we, if I, I we, don't think that that is that is that level of a question okay. whatsoever. My mind, I really don't, and I'd say it if I would because I've done it twice now, so it's almost a recycled bit at this point. <laughs> um, but but I, you know, I think it's a tough thing to say because I thought that the the San Francisco offense instantly became desperate. I mean, at the drop of a hat, they were clasping at straws to try to figure out how they were going to make this thing work. You could tell that Kyle Shanahan was trying to piece things together. How can I make this easier on the quarterback? Where the hell is Greg Kittle? You know, like, how do we how do we make this equation come together to its success? Um, I, do I think there was a little bit of, of uh, 
confusion on the defense. I mean, it, it, that's that's the absolute wrong word for me to use. Confusion, I don't think there was because they understand their schemes. I think it was more so like when when the when the defense then really had to like, all right, like you guys literally have to go win this game. Um, then then it became a little bit too big of a stage. Um, I think the the home field location for the Eagles played a big role in the sense that like the fans never let up. Um, and that defense knew it because it's always louder when you're playing on the field, but you know, defense, obviously in an opposing stadium, uh, you know, it's, it's actually, I suppose it's actually quieter. My apologies, but you know what I mean? Like there was a lot of emotion within the moment. Um, and they didn't live up to what they should have given the pedigree of this past season. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can only imagine whether your defense or offense having right the Brock Purdy's been the story for the past I don't even know how many weeks it's been he he has been the story he's come around this he's you know rallied this 49ers team brought him all the way to an NFC championship game and then in the first couple drives he goes out I can only imagine that that deflates Every it it's either has to deflate you or energize you in some way, but I just don't see after you see Josh Johnson in a series how anybody on that team would be like, I don't know how I stay fired up at this point, you know? And maybe I'm way off base. Maybe any of those athletes could look at me and be like, uh, you have it all wrong. That's that's when we have to be fired up and come around our guys, but I just I have to imagine some emotion played into their poor play you know just some deflation of emotion i don't think the deflation came until after josh johnson was taken out you know once he got hurt then it then they i mean then they came for sure visibly desperate but at that point i think they were already down like even when purdy went out i think that was that was relatively I guess early in the game, but Johnson came in and he didn't, he didn't play all that bad. Right. I think he completed like, you know, he was over 50%. He had like seven completions for, I don't know. I was trying to find the stats. It was like 80 yards or 75 yards or something like that. Like he was making the plays, you know, in that, in that style of offense too, it's not like the quarterback has to be stellar, right? Like there's, they, they scheme so well and their receivers get so open, but it was it was once Johnson came in, or once he once he got hurt and Purdy came back in. It's like, all right, now we know we can't throw the ball, right? Christian McCaffrey's our emergency quarterback. You know, that's when that's when to me it it seemed like the wheels started to to really fall off, and the and the chances of coming back were going towards zero. Versus you know midway through the second quarter when. Johnson was, you know, still playing and, and they seemed like they could maybe still make a comeback. I don't know. That was my, I guess, reaction to the the deflation question, you know. Well, and to Johnny's point, do you feel like that happened on both sides of the ball? I don't know. I mean, it did kind of seem like the Eagles, like, what did they score on their first drive or was it their second drive that uh, I think it was Miles Sanders had a rushing touchdown, but they just, they just kind of walked all over him, you know. Like it didn't, it didn't seem like the the Niners' defense was really ever like ending drives or you know making a huge difference. It seemed like they were just kind of hanging out, not really having an impact on the game. So I don't know that to answer your question, I don't know that the injuries at quarterback and the struggles on offense really 
had an impact on the defense. It just kind of seemed like they were struggling the whole game, regardless of how the offense was performing. So another quick question. One of the things that I remember saying to Mariel when I was sitting there watching that game when Josh Johnson first came in, you know, I already feel like you're in a situation where they're not threatened by the passing game at that point, right? I mean, literally only Brock Purdy's last little sample of of games even gives Philadelphia somewhat of a reason to be threatened by his ability to throw the ball. So, like, if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you just, like, you know, give him one warm-up down and then play number two, you let that sucker fly and tell him to go deep and find something that, you know, like, at least gives a little bit of a chill in the secondary spine? Or is that too much of a showcase of just how inept you now are at quarterback if he just throws a duck and it gets nowhere near a deep target? Yeah, I mean, what do you got to lose, right? I mean, you throw an interception, it's like, all right, well, I was probably going to do that anyways. You know, there was not a lot expected of me, but yeah, throw a bomb, throw a 50-yard shot downfield, connect, and let's go. You know, you could change the situation. Yeah. I don't know. Give it, give him a chat. Why not? Hmm. So, and like they still, they still ran it. Like I think the first drive after Purdy went out, I think they, I think that's when they scored. It was like the first or second drive after Purdy was gone. Like McCaffrey had that huge, long, barreling touchdown where like no one wanted to take him down. He, he broke like four or five tackles on his way to the end zone. It's like they're still going to, run the ball effectively, right? And then, you know, if you can do that, then maybe the passing games open up. You know, it's it's kind of like the reaction I always say. But like, yeah, I don't know. Hey, like he threw the ball well. Like he was on he it's not like he was a totally inadequate quarterback. Like he could sling it. It's just once he went out, then it was then it was over. After Johnson went out, it was completely over. What was the score when Johnson went out? Do you remember? It was like midway through the third. I want to say Bert, Purdy came back in. Uh, yeah, he came back in. I don't remember what the score was, but 24-7 maybe. I don't know. Oh, Here's okay. one thing. I'll uh, One more thing on that game. So if you're a San Francisco fan, you lost 31-7, to right? An NFC championship game against the Eagles. Okay. There was a team about five years ago that went to uh, went to Philly in the NFC Championship game, and they got beat worse. They got a lot, they lost thirty eight to seven. Johnny, do you know who that was? Niners fans, it's okay. The Vikings are <laughs> much worse than you. <laughs> yeah, playing with a third string quarterback, moving into a four string quarterback, moving into a white running back situation too. So like they they face considerably uh, considerably more turmoil at the hands of Philadelphia <laughs> than we did. We also had Case Keenum at quarterback, which like you 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 guys you guys over there in your land of luxury with your pedigree quarterbacks. Why don't you try making it to hey. an NFC Championship game with fucking Case Keenum? Hey Dylan, quarterback. Hey Dylan. Case Keenum was playing Nick Foles. Okay, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on that for a second. All right, and you guys, you guys have won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. So thanks for making my point. I did see that. I I saw that. <laughs> I saw that famous uh, NF the conference championship weekend picture from 2017, where it shows 
Keenum, Bortles, Foles, and Brady walking in towards U.S. Bank Stadium. And it said, Brady has seven rings. And surprisingly, this was not one of them. And the other three <laughs> quarterbacks are Keenum, Bortles, and Foles. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, That's man. Crazy. What a weird season that, that was. That was in. So you want to talk about. Hey, this is, I know this is off course, but you want to talk about a season where if a team was to feel as though that year was it, Vikings fans had it, man. I don't, how could you not feel like that was going to be the year? You know, I actually thought it was Jacksonville. Interesting. Because I thought Jacksonville was following the previous Baltimore Ravens Joe Flacco era success where they just had the nastiest defense, a pretty decent like workhorse running back, and then a really average quarterback who was able to manage games to a degree. I mean, yeah. that, you, you could also say that uh, uh, Brad Johnson and his Super Bowl with the with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers was kind of a blueprint for that as well in the sense that you could win with like that formula. Yep. And so I thought that there was a lot of people in Jacksonville who were celebrating that formula. That said, like whatever possessed Case Keenum to mesh as well with the wide receivers that he had here. I mean, there that was that was lightning in a bottle, so to speak. Even more so, I thought this uh, than this previous year. Okay, so let me ask you this: You got blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles, much like the Forty ers did yesterday uh, in Philadelphia. Would you rather keep it as that the Vikings get blown out by the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, or would you rather lose the Super Bowl? in your home stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, that is a ludicrous situation. Like, how is that even a sentence? Uh, but, I mean, you guys know as well as I do that you play for the season that you're in. Yeah. And so I, I'd, I'd lose that Super Bowl 10 out of 10 times yeah. in that situation yep, because I sure. want to be there cheering on that team. Um, because especially at that point, there's not exactly a draft pick differential, is yep. there? So you're you're not really working with anything else. But at the same time, uh, that would that would hurt. That would that would hurt more than getting blown out by the Eagles in the NFC Championship yeah. game. But I'd still want to witness it more often than that, for sure. I think Blake Bortles is one of my favorite NFL quarterbacks, like of all time. Because he's you guys ever see, what do you typically you ever do see, in the morning? Take a piss. Take a piss. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna love that. Yeah, you saw. I <laughs> wish his stint in Green Bay would have lasted a little bit longer than it did, though. Uh, you know what? Until you just brought it up, I completely forgot he was a Green Bay Packer. That was a uh, that was the beginning of last last year's season, right? The 2021 season. I think he signed with us for. Oh my like gosh! Long, I don't yeah. know if he made it. I don't even know if he made it through preseason. But that's insane. <laughs> I just I can't. And Blake Bortles, Dylan, as a you have the do- you have the body of a thirty-seven-year-old dad. What made you think you could make this team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blake Bortles, uh, Dylan, as a as a season ticket holder, do you know? Does that extend to the Super Bowl if the Super Bowl is played in the stadium in which you hold season tickets? It actually, no, it actually extends only with your team. So you get preferential purchases 
on all of if you're the license holder it's a different you know because you can buy season tickets yeah from the person who actually owns that seat license but if you own that seat license you get they call them team direct tickets so you know as soon as there's a popular game that that Ticketmaster or anyone else knows is coming up on the nfl schedule right the second those tickets go on public sale a, a third party company is going to buy them all up from the team at the team price and then they're going to adjust for quote unquote, you know, watchability or whatever at that point in the season when they know they've got a good matchup on their hands. Uh, the the Packers Vikings is an excellent example. Packers Bears another good example. Like those are games that that those companies will just sit and watch so that when they want to sell them to you know your average Joe, you can't even go to the team anymore to buy them. You just have to go to Ticketmaster or whatever because that's the only place that has tickets. So for those playoff games, one of the preferences of being a season ticket holder is that you get early access to the team-priced tickets. So you're not necessarily worried about what the game might become or this, that, and the other thing. All you're worried about is just being able to buy them from the team themselves at that face value. So had the Vikings played in that Super Bowl in Minneapolis, would the team ticket price apply to you could you have gotten them Correct. yeah so you could have gotten them it would it would at any venue it just would be it would be like inflated for the fact that it's not in u.s bank stadium yeah so if the vikings had made it to u.s bank stadium for viking season ticket holders that probably would have been the cheapest super bowl that you could have yep seen in in, in modern times so yeah to speak. for sure so does that does that only apply to the home team no, no, no. It's both teams. It's a collaboration. Yeah. So, because they want, okay, they, want okay. they want that stadium to be mixed half and half. As much as you want to sell your box seats to like your, you know, dignitaries or whatever, your royalty of, of America, uh, you want the the fans to still be from those two teams because it makes for a more dynamic experience. Um, sure. And so I think that that's, that's kind of what happens there. Interesting. So that's, I mean, that's even more of a bummer. That could have been, could have been at the Super Bowl for the Vikings at their home stadium. Okay, so <laughs> watch them lose to the Jags. <laughs> I got a quick story. If you want to hear the shittiest, shittiest part of all of that, of course we do. All right, I'll try to make this fast. So back when the Super Bowl was taking place in Minnesota, I had a job at, at Fox Twenty One up in Duluth, right? Um, and I was covering sports with this lady named Adrian. Um, and she was technically the director and I was the, you know, whatever weekend person, whatever, whatnot, um, or main anchor, you know, whatever, not important. Anyways. So we put in for credentials for the Super Bowl because we were going to cover it regardless, right? Like the Super Bowls in Minnesota, that's a big story. We got to go do some kind of sort of content down there. Well, because she was the lead, she put in for the credentials under her name. And what we discovered was, is that if the Vikings made the Super Bowl, because it was then considered a local event, we would receive an extra set of credentials, which which meant that that I could have gone. Well, we know what happened. They didn't make the Super Bowl. <laughs> they had a they they got routed in Philly, and she quit. Oh my god! And so our news station was left without credentials to the Super Bowl that were attainable because she left super early and. After she was done at Fox, she went ahead and used those credentials. Just stroll right on down to U.S. Bank Stadium, plop herself down in the uh, in the press box, 
and uh, check out Super Bowl, you know, 52 or whatever the heck it was at that time. Uh, watch the Philly special and everything else transpire. And it was just kind of like, it was one of those moments where it was like, I am not a smart man. And that is a smart woman because like, holy shit, did she get the absolute best she could have possibly gotten out of this, uh, this news station in Duluth, Minnesota. Like you decide to put a wraps on it and, and head back home to whereversville. And now uh, you do so by just taking in a quick Super Bowl and then, you know, effing out of there. Son of a bitch. Damn right. Adrian was really hot too, by the way. Yeah, yeah she was. Oh, Tim knows yeah. who this is. I met her like once or twice. Yeah. Oh, interesting. She's okay. a smoke show. Shout out Adrian. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Speaking of Happy Philly. That's uh all that, right, that's that, all that, I got that's on. That's a the, shitty uh, situation if if I've ever heard Eagles one. 90s. Huh. Bummer. Bummer bummer. Okay, so yeah, Eagles Niners, uh kind of a boring game. However, we got the Eagles in the Super Bowl. We're gonna talk about that either more in this episode or more next week before we, as we kind of prep for the Super Bowl. But we had the other side of the NFL, the AFC, Bills, Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow rolling into Burrowhead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chiefs, Bengals. Sorry, buddy. Chiefs, Bengals. I'm just like, I, I am. Bills, Bengals, and Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, Bills, Bengals, that, that was their neutral site that they had to play at. <laughs> was, was Arrowhead? <laughs> oh boy, what a great, yeah, what, yeah, a, yeah. what a great one on my part. No, we had Chiefs. I, you know what I think it is? I think I'm just blocking out the name Chiefs because I'm just so tired of them. I'm just so sick of the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm just so sick of Patrick Mahomes hosting AFC Championship games, and I'm just so sick of his brother and his wife causing a whole bunch of noise on social media, and I'm just tired of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know why? Then that's probably what I did. I just blo- just blocked him out and chose the Bills instead because that's that's who I would have rather seen. Anyway. I was che- talking to my wife about this earlier, Johnny, and I was saying the same thing. I'm like, God, I wish the Bengals would have won. I'm so sick of seeing the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Bengals were in the, they were in the Super Bowl last year. You know that, right? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's it's just it's yeah, it's the Chiefs. <laughs> and you're like and you're like, yeah, and the Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship game for five fucking straight years. Not only that, they've hosted the goddamn thing for five years. They are I think it's safe to say they're the new New England Patriots of the AFC conference for sure. They're just that team that if you're they're going to get to that status if they're not already there where the rest of the NFL outside of Chiefs fans are going to actively root against them because whoever ends up playing them in a in a divisional or an AFC championship game is going to be the underdog, right? Because the Chiefs are just the Chiefs. Well, and it's interesting, too, that the NFL hasn't been able to dy- uh, develop like a a 1v1 and maybe with Hertz, if he decides to, or is able to reach Mahomes' level, you might get it between those two teams. But like, you know, you use the NBA as an, as an example and you had Lakers Celtics and like, that was it for, for many, many years in the finals. And like, people were happy with that because it, it pitted the entire country against each other and it was greatness versus greatness. 
And so you, you know, you, you compare them to the, the New England Patriots and yeah, they won a ton of Super Bowls and they also never necessarily had other than maybe the Giants, LOL, really had like a actual rival in when it came to winning championships. If somebody from the NFC can step up and really challenge the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, yeah, they might win five straight AFC championships, but you're at least going to have a little bit of, you know, drama in that situation. And so I think it, it'll be interesting to see how those dynasties continue to develop on either side of, of the conferences. If you had to pick one NFC team to be thrown in the mix with the Chiefs, who would it be? I don't even know that one exists right now. Well, I think you got it probably in Philly. I mean, I, I don't know how you can say that they're not the best in the NFC. Well, yeah. I don't know who would roll in and beat them. You know, you play three games. I, I think Philly wins two out of three against pretty much any team in the NFL. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, if the 49ers have a healthy quarterback, it's a totally different story. Right. Like if Trey Lance or Jimmy G is the starting quarterback, I think, I don't think it's two out of three. I, you know, I think it's probably more 50 50 between the Eagles and Niners. You know, I think, like, I really think, I don't know about Trey. I, I got to be honest, I haven't really watched a lot of Trey Lance, but like what Jimmy G was doing with them earlier this year it was like they were just rolling, you know, yeah. once he became the starter. Well, nobody's watched a lot of Trey Lance. That's the thing. Right. That's the, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. But, no, no. Yeah. No. I mean, outside of the Niners and, you know, maybe, fuck, I don't know. Vikings aren't doing it. Vikings aren't going to be there like that. Cowboys are kind of in the same boat, right? You know what? Yeah. No one in the NFC. The NFC, I mean, we've talked about this all season. It's like the AFC is just stacked. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've been saying the top, that from the beginning. Like their top three or four teams are just, like you could see any of them going to the Super Bowl, right? The NFC, it's not not the same case. You know what? You know, I, Dylan, I was just say I think Dylan's right. It is it is definitely the Eagles though that can compete with the Chiefs. Yeah, I would. Well, obviously, they're. I mean, right now they're in the Super Bowl together, right? So you you got to at least give them that that it's them that's going to compete with them. You know, however, Dylan, you know who else? It for NFC wise could be thrown into the mix with the Chiefs. I I have it right here. Love to Watson. That's right. Love to Watson, baby. You guys are fucked next year. <laughs> did, you, did you say NFC West? <laughs> no. no, that could compete with the Chiefs. Okay, but I, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it kind of looks as if. If you wanted to compare, we have the Chiefs, Bengals, Bills uh, are kind of looking like the new Steelers, Colts, and Patriots, right? It seemed like for a decade straight, it was one of those three. It was either going to be the Patriots, the Steelers, or the Colts. You know, you had Big Ben, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady all battling out. Now you got Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. It's just interesting. It's a new era. Well, and it's, I think it's fun to see a, a call them a smaller franchise, if you will. But I think it's cool to see what's going on in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, you know, I always love drafting my fantasy teams to have a wide receiver quarterback connection. You know, a one a one to one. And I don't know if you've got a better one to one than Burrow to Chase because um, they can just kind of like impose their will at times. Uh, you know that that's in no disregard for the for the Jefferson Cousins situation because I do think that Jefferson is actually the more talented wide receiver in that duo. 
Um, but you don't have the the age range. You know, you, you're not going to see uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson grow old together. I do hope in Cincinnati that you get to see Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow uh, kind of grow old together in that standpoint, because I think they they could do some some really incredible things. I would I, I'd agree with you, and I I do think it's going to get interesting in Cincinnati just because you've had a Super Bowl appearance and in a two AFC Championship appearances, both on Burroughs and Chase's rookie contracts, right? So you're going to get to a point where these two stars, uh, you're going to be, you're going to have to throw some major money at them. And it's as an organization from a business standpoint, it really sucks to lose that game yesterday against the Chiefs. Cause it's like, man, if only you could just get one of those potentially pull out one ring under their rookie contracts, you know, before you have to start dishing all the money out because that, that will be coming soon. It's on the experiencing that chief experience. Chiefs are experiencing that right now, right? With Mahomes, They got their super bowl shit. Even who, uh, Russell Wilson got his right when under his rookie contract. Wasn't he the same? He, you know, he got a bag. I mean, yeah, Burrow's gonna get Burrow's gonna get everything. Absolutely, do you think he's worth. Do you think he's worth ten for five hundred though? For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say if he won't sign a ten-year contract, I don't. I don't know that he would do that. But I'm. I, I'm saying if the question is, is he, did. the question is, is he worth it? I would say yes, just because. Right, the the new contract is always going to be the biggest contract because. They go based off the contract before that, right? And that's the trend that's going to continue. That the next guy's going to want, going to want to be the highest paid. And Burrow, once you find that franchise quarterback, that's your guy. Give him the money. You know what I mean? That's the trend of, of of the way the NFL goes. And I, you know, Brady's probably found the sweet spot where it's I'll take less money because I want to win championships, but. If your guy wants the money, what are you going to do? Walk away from him? Yeah. How hard is a franchise quarterback? How hard is it to come by one of those? Pretty hard. Well, okay, but like that comes from the, the team that's been is it the though? Most absolutely blessed in the freaking NFL in that regard. Holy I'm not, shit. I'm not naive though. Like you can look at the rest of the NFL, not every team. I don't know that it's ever happened that it's you have a Brett Favre and then an Aaron Rodgers, maybe the 49ers, you know. They've they've probably done it back to back before, but coming coming by a franchise quarterback is not it's not that easy. So if you found the guy, pay him the money. You know, I, give him all the money. Especially in a in a, a modern day NFL where there seems to be no shortage of talented wide receivers coming out of college, but the quarterback is infinitely the the higher commodity. Um, I, I can't disagree with you because I really do think that there's some serious merit in just having a guy who can function with whatever he's got. And as much as it you know spites me to say it, you've seen that to a degree in in Green Bay where like there's just been a guy who's been able to work with what he's got in, in both, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I don't think that that guy comes across or that guy is available on the open market or he shouldn't be, so to speak. You know, even when Tom Brady moved down to Tampa Bay, there were a lot of people who were like, man, New England should have just played him until he was ready to hang it up. 
maybe you're seeing a similar situation even this year with Aaron Rodgers where people will say the same thing about Green Bay. Yeah. I really don't want to talk about the Packers tonight. <laughs> I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, Mike. Here's the, you give, here's the deal. You give whoever. what? Okay, what did Mahomes get? 550 for 10 years? Yeah. Is that what it was? Something, Something like that. that. Okay. Give Burrow 549 for 10 and take that extra million and just send it to bowskiros at gmail.com. We'll give you a Venmo link. It'll be perfectly, everything will be good. And we'll just take it and we'll put it, uh, we'll put it towards our salaries and our production. And, and we will all will become be active Bengals fans. Oh, yeah. I will shed all yep. my green and gold. We will happily for, become for Bengals fans. <laughs> Dylan, do you go with that? Will you give up your Viking <laughs> fan for a million dollars? Keep your dirty money. I'm not turning in my purple and gold. Uh, he's just trying. To, he's just trying to save face. The, the second, yeah, well, the we'll second we first. stop recording, he he'll say he wants some money. You've had <laughs> kids, Tim. You can't tell me those are good financial decisions. <laughs> yeah, okay. That is uh, very true. All right. Okay. So That's, we had uh, uh, yeah. Go so ahead, yeah. So we're. I mean, we're talking a lot about the Bengals here, which is the team that did not make the Super Bowl. We had an AFC Championship game against the Chiefs and the Bengals. Now this one I did I did catch a little bit of mainly the fourth quarter I watched and uh man they kept it close 2020 rolling through the fourth quarter and I don't Dylan I'm going to have to get some takes here okay bear with me for a second because I don't want to be that sports guy but I'm going to be that sports guy for a minute okay <laughs> and respond in any way that you need to however as an NFL lover okay I absolutely love the NFL. I don't I I don't know that I could ever fully say that the NFL in its entirety is rigged, okay? I never want to go down that path. However, in the fourth quarter of that AFC Championship game, there were multiple plays and maybe this is just a bias cuz I didn't want the Chiefs to win, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Call me out however you need to. There was a number of plays where it seemed like the referees were actively trying to keep the Chiefs in that game uh, in a way where it was just, it was hard to go unnoticed. Where, I, I don't know. And it's the Bengals, anybody can come back and say, well, the Bengals made mistakes that they shouldn't have made. The game ended up the way it ended. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, people make mistakes. Burrow threw he 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 threw a couple picks. Uh, he was getting sacked earlier on in the game. It took a while before they even came back. I understand that. I'm just talking about that last ten minutes of that game. Boy, did it look like the referees were were doing everything they could to keep the Chiefs in that game. And I I don't know if I'm way off base here. I'd love to hear your guys' perspective. But it just seemed as though there were there were more than one play where it was like, God damn, that was I haven't really seen anything like that before. Well, first of all, let, let me just lead off here by saying the bitterness really stems from the fact that out of this trio, I was two and oh leading into my Super Bowl prediction. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. well, you guys weren't. So we'll just we'll just lead with that caveat. Um, but but to circle back to your point, you know, I think that <laughs> Good one, Dylan. 
Okay. Uh, on. I think to, I think to circle back, you know, you you granted you, you're probably right about the last ten minutes of the game, um, but the the one play I think you really have to focus on is the the one that adjusted the field goal length, which was the out of out of bounds hit on, yeah. on Patrick Mahomes, and you know. <clears throat> I, I, I really, you know, I, I don't think that you're ever necessarily legitimized if you're coming from the standpoint that you think the NFL is rigged. However, I do think there is probably some legitimacy in knowing that the refs, they know the game, they they know the score, they know the time, they know all these things. Um, and they also can understand the power they have in a situation like that. Now, the situation has to present itself. And so it's not For without sure. fault on either side. Yep. Um, but that is that was something that you know, what was it legit? Yes, it, it should have been called. Um, was there a flop involved? Maybe. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, especially in the highly televised and internet era, the refs faced kind of a new level of scrutiny, so to speak. Um, and so they have to make those calls, especially on high profile players and Patrick Mahomes, you know, you don't really get more high profile than that. Uh, so as much as I really hate to say that that was to me really the deciding factor in the game, I mean, I think that's literally when I sent you the Jack Nicholson yeah. <laughs> nodding yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever, because it was like, I know that, you know, Harrison Buckner or whatever is going to get this field goal. Um, that was, it was sad, so to speak, um, to see it come down to that. Well, and I think I even said it too. I, and I guess I'm not necessarily talking about that play because that to me was a clear penalty. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, you, the argument can be made like, well, what is the defender supposed to do? He's already, you know, however many hundred pounds of motion moving at this guy that's took a step out of bounds. Now you're pushing him, but rules are rules, right? If he's out of bounds and then you're touching him, that's yeah. You got to throw the flick. That's just the unfortunate part where it's like, God, you hate to see a game of that magnitude be decided on a penalty. You know, it just, it just sucks. I'm more so talking about, this this fantasy extra down that the Chiefs got in in the middle of the fourth quarter and then talking about the Bengals' uh, uh, intentional grounding that cost them a down, which the Chiefs did on their following drive, almost an identical play, and it didn't get called. And it was just, there was, I, and I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to be that guy that goes back and forth about, Oh, the refs, blah, blah, blah. There's there's enough people out there like that. It's just, other than the, the blown pass interference call against the Rams and the Saints, I don't know that I've seen a game where the the final minutes of a fourth quarter seemed so swayed by, <laughs> by officiating. So on the third down one where they got an extra play, I feel like if it's, like when we talk about automating officiating, right? Like, Balls and strikes with the, you know, with the digital whatever screen or however you want to do it. In the NFL, if it's an administrative thing like that, where it's like, no, the whistle was blown, the play should have been dead, right? It should have remained second down or whatever it was, or uh, however the situation went. That kind of stuff should be addressed immediately, right? Like there should be no replays or, or whatever. What's frustrating to me is when, and I think this was in the actually in the Philly game, in the Philly uh, San Francisco game, where there was a play, like someone had thrown a challenge flag because of you know a, a catch or whatever it was or you know whatever the the play was that they challenged, and then like four plays later there was a, a like a screen pass where the ball 
hit the ground, but he caught it and he was like, he ran for it and they called it him down where he was tackled. And then after the play, they like retroactive, they were like, Oh no, no, we reviewed it upstairs. Like we, we did our, whatever it's called expedited review process. And we found that it was incomplete. So no one has to challenge the play or whatever. Right. Like why not do that all the time? Like just have that exp- every play is available immediately for the NFL, right? Like you can review everything. Like why why do why do uh, coaches have to look at a replay to then determine if they want to challenge it, right? Like there is time for a panel of whoever to be sitting and watching the plays and making that call if the play should be reviewed, right? Like stop the play. Soccer does the same thing, right? And like, I get it would just make it the game so much longer and no one wants to watch that. But like in a game like the AFC fucking championship where you're determining who's going to the Super Bowl, you have to get those calls right. You cannot get them wrong. And especially administrative shit. Like no one should get an extra down, right? Or we shouldn't have to review like the the spot of the ball, right? Like the one where T Higgins, I think it was like reached over and like crossed the line. It's like, that's it. Like Mike Pereira will hop on and be like, you know, yeah, that's first down. Like, why can't it just be like that with the the officials or whoever's on the side? There's head. They can they can figure it out. It doesn't have to be that fucking complicated. I don't know. I get worked up about it, but going going to the so that that play in that sequence. Fortunately, I think uh, was it Kansas City that had the ball that had that extra down, John. Yes, that series ended. That drive ended with a punt. So it didn't, yeah, it, didn't it didn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. But the last play where uh, whatever Osai or whatever his name, you know, shoved Mahomes at the end. For that, my my least favorite thing to hear is, oh, it's the, it's the AFC Championship. Let him play. It's like, okay, well, are you calling it in week six? Is it a penalty in week eight? You know, like. Be consistent. If it's penalty, it's penalty. It was clearly a penalty. It shouldn't not be called just because it's you know three seconds left in the game or it's the AFC Championship game. Oh, I I definitely that, I that definitely agree I with stupid. you. I don't think that call is in question. I think that call was clearly, you know, he was rough and patty as he as he was out of bounds. I don't know, dude. A lot of people had an issue with it. Fucking Ben Lieber thought it was a bullshit call. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, Ben Coming Lieber. Coming from a former defensive player, it's like, how are you on that side? Yeah, well, know, say that, that say that sentence over again. Former defensive ben, player. Of yeah. course. Of course he thinks it's a bullshit call. Well, and not to mention, yeah. you know, from an older era of the NFL, not that much older, but still, like, we've, we've only seen those those high-profile players being more and more protected in that sense. So, yeah, yeah, an unsurprising take. Hey, I can see how any defender, new or old, could be beyond frustrated with the rules that the NFL has and the new ones that they continue to implement year after year. It does as a defender. I, I that's got to be one of the hardest positions to play in football is is defense because in a play like that, when you are, I mean, when you're pushing three bills. And you're full bore coming at somebody. How do you how do you let up as they're going out of bounds? That's that's the only question I have, and I that's where I can side with you know defensive players of new and old is yeah I I mean a rule's a rule, but I'm with you. I don't 
I don't know how you stop yourself when you're, uh, you know, inertia exists, right? You're just, you're flying at somebody. I don't know how you Gatorade table and hope it slows you down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I get it. I, but you are right. If it's a penalty, call it. I don't, I think there's only so much that can be let go under, let the boys play. I mean, if it's a blatant penalty, you got to throw the flag. It just well, your pros, right? Yeah, this is high school football. Yes, like the, the 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 let them play should only get more narrow when you become a professional. So sorry to cut you off, but like, it, damn, it, it just sucks that the flag was called when it was called at that point in the game of a game of that magnitude. You know that just mm-hmm. nobody likes to see somebody advance to the Super Bowl off of a flag. You know. Because that flag 100% sent them up, set them up for the game winner. You know, had they not gotten that, uh, Bengals could have still been in it, could have been going overtime. So it's definitely a game-changing penalty. But, yeah, you got to call it. Uh, I just think there were some earlier ones that, you know, you kind of sit back and go, ah, man, if you're going to call, if you're going to call intentional grounding on Joe Burrow when he's throwing it at a running back in front of him, and then not call it on the next drive at Patrick Mahomes when he's whipping it at the feet of Travis Kelsey, almost in the same area. I just, that's where it's, if you're going to call it, call it for everybody. If you're not going to call it, don't call it for everybody. You know, we've talked about that. I think it's an easy fix. You just get more refs and you just, maybe, maybe you just make it for the playoffs. Where you where you do that sort of process, right? I understand. Well, the administration side you're it. talking about, right? The administration you're talking side. about officiating in general. Like, just get it right. You have the resources. You're a multi billion dollar corporation. Fucking figure it out. When you can certainly sell the ad space for longer games. So, as much as people might be pissed that the games take four hours to watch now, there's there's plenty of people who are <laughs> willing to sit back on their couch and enjoy a few while watching a four hour football game. Hey, they're, going to, they're going to review this? Sweet. I'm going to go grab another beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seriously. There's, there's a lot of reality to that. Uh, so I, I don't have a whole lot other than uh, I thought Marquez Velo Scanlon had a great game. That was actually kind of nice yeah. to watch. Yeah, for Six sure. Six grabs, 116 yards, and a touchdown. He uh, He played really well. I think I saw, I don't know if it was Andy Herman or um, What's the other guy we follow on Twitter? Uh, whatever. He's like, if uh, if the Packers are in this game, Mark as well as Gatlin, uh, his stat line read one catch for nine yards and a drop fumble at the end of the fourth quarter <laughs> or drop <laughs> whatever to, to have the Packers lose in the NFC Championship. <laughs> Jesus like, yeah, Christ. Probably. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, as much I, as I would like, dig into that juicy bit of meat there, that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredible to see, and the Vikings can speak to it better than anyone, just how some players that did not meld in your system for whatever reason, this talent not discluded, um, then just go off and flourish somewhere else. And I think that is a prime example of somebody who always had the tools and just needed the right combination to put it together. Yeah. When he was with Green Bay, it seemed like he was he was never like, really part of the offense he was just like go run a post route and like urge you know just go deep like that's that's how you're gonna fit with us you're tall you're lanky you're fast but like with kansas city 
he's like he's catching screen passes. He's like hanging out in the backfield as like the the delayed uh you know passing option. It's like fucking it. They're using him totally differently in Kansas City versus Green Bay. And he's just he's doing so so well. And he's definitely a guy where I'm I'm glad to see that. You know, some guys leave your team leave your team and you're like, well, I hope that guy fucking does horrible. It's like, yeah, whatever. MVS, good for you. I like to see it. That was Amari Rogers. I wanted to see him just <laughs> do, you know, horrible no matter. There's another what. guy. Does does absolutely horrible. First game with Houston Texans scores a fucking touchdown. I don't think he scored a touchdown his entire time in Green Bay. I don't good know that he Amari. did. Yeah. Get ready. AJ Dillon's next. No, no. Dillon Dillon's a Green Bay boy. He's our guy. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's staying yeah, he around. Cross the pond whenever he wants. We don't. We don't speak like that. We don't speak like that here. AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon has a key to the county. He's in forever. Damn it! <laughs> He's such a good running back. <laughs> I said earlier. Was it this year or last year? No, last year I said he's becoming my favorite. Did I say Packer player? You or? said you said he's becoming your favorite Green Bay Packer of all time. I love watching. He's so fun to like his interviews and his all his what? out of you know off field stuff. Not not. I was tongue in cheek when I said it, but I, I like watched him. He's a, he's an entertaining guy. I don't know that I necessarily disagree with you though because I watch him sometimes. He he live streams his video game playing, and I'll watch yeah. I'll like watch he opens, him. He opens trading cards. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a funny guy, but not only that, he he just you can tell he's humble and he feels beyond blessed to be playing for an NFL team and he has totally just thrown himself into the community of where he's living and the whole Green Bay community and you talk to him you talk to him about uh playing in the NFL and playing for the Packers and his only thing is, Hey, I just hope that when I retire someday I, I can look back and and the people I played with said I was a valuable asset to the team, that I did what I could for the organization. Like, he's totally just team and Green Bay focused. He doesn't give a shit that he's in cold shit Wisconsin. He's like, this is mm-hmm. the place that wanted me, and I'm going to love them forever, you know? Well, I think the Bowski bros have isolated their first target for an NFL guest. That would be the, so sweet. That's, that's, that's the goal then, all right? <laughs> AJ gonna- Dillon, we're calling you out. Yeah, AJ Dillon. Let's uh, let's have a little chat here on the Bowski Bros. Yeah, that's that. We, that, need, a, we need a good guest for a change. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! My, my aching heart. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay, so we right, had. Uh, have, uh, sorry, Johnny. I have one more thing about football and the weekend before we probably transition to who knows it better. Yeah, let it rip. So, at the end of the Niners Eagles game, there was a a little bit of a scuttle. Dylan, you probably remember this. It was uh like bench clearing brawl type thing, right? There pretty was like two cool. minutes left in the yeah. game. It was pretty cool or not pretty cool. It was, it was pretty intense. The The official actually came on the lot on his, on his mic and like asked both teams to return to the bench. Oh, which I don't I've ever actually seen or heard during a game. But what I'm, what I want, what I'm getting at is there was a player on the Eagles. Uh, I think it was number, it was either number 41 or 42. And I didn't, I don't remember his name. I didn't shut it down. And he, he basically body slammed a guy to the ground. And that's what kind of kicked this whole scuttle off. 
bench is cleared. Guys started going at each other's throats. And then Trent Williams, uh, lineman for the Niners, like totally brought someone to the ground. He got, he got ejected. So Niners are done for the season, right? Eagles have one more game. Those, that incident will likely carry some sort of suspension for both of those players. And they said on the broadcast, like it may impact whoever the the player on the Eagles was. It may impact his standing for the Super Bowl, right? Same with the player for the Niners, Trent Williams. He may not, you know, he may be suspended for a game or two at the beginning of next season. My question is: Is it fair that those game those suspensions have to be upheld immediately, or should they both be delayed till next season? You know, I, I look at it from what do you guys think? Sorry, go ahead. I'll just say, what do you think? You kind of pause for a sec. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that ultimately the NFL doesn't have much of a choice there in the sense that you can't protect the Super Bowl. Um, you you know, you need to just carry out policy the way that the policy is written. And so I think that you you do have to make those suspensions immediate. And the fact that the San Francisco season was over just kind of correlates to the fact that they're going to have to serve it the next year. Um, but the the Eagles player is definitely going to have to, you know, potentially miss the Super Bowl for that regard. Yeah, but like if you're if you're in that game and you're in the Niners and you're down by 24 and there's two minutes left in the game, like why not cause a little fucking ruckus? You know, like what do you have to lose, right? Like get under the guy's skin. Like I don't I don't know yeah, how that. Yeah, Trent Williams doesn't have anything to lose. But when you're looking at the other side of the ball with the Eagles, uh, you have to make the right choice, right? You need to look at what's at stake. You need to look at where you're headed. And I, I, again, I didn't watch that game, so I'm not really fully entrenched in, in whatever scuffle you're talking about. I just mm-hmm. know that if there was any sort of retaliation from an Eagles player or instigation, that's you have to be smart enough to know where your team is headed and you, you gotta, you gotta wrap it up. You know, you gotta watch what you're doing. Yeah. You got to be disciplined. And I yeah. get, and that's probably where I act, I truly land. It's like, you, you know, Dylan, I'm, I'm kind of with you, but at the same time, it's like, dude, just keep your head, just keep it level-headed. Don't, don't fucking get into this right now. Like you got a game, you are, you are already preparing for the game next week. This game is over. Don't, don't get into any of that shit. Well, I just thought that was an interesting, interesting situation. And as a coach, that's definitely what you'd preach. Um, I just think that, you know, heat of the moment, whatever happens, happens. Now it's already in the rearview mirror. Um, in you know, from from an NFL standpoint as an organization, I think that you almost look worse if you then are like, well, it's the Super Bowl, so we're going to let him play in that one. But then, damn it, week one, we're going to wrap you right on the wrist. You know, like, so I don't think that that is a, a viable option for them. I, I'd completely agree because the the people upstairs are running the business, right? The NFL is an organization. It, at the end of the day, it's a business. So... Businesses have policies. It's the same for us three when we go to work. Every place has a policy. You know, what does the policy state? If it states he's suspended for the next game, well, if it's the Super Bowl, sorry, dude, you made a bad choice. Policy's policy, you know. Yeah, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. All right, do you want to move on to, uh, should we recap our picks real quick, our spread picks? Uh, 
we can or we can just or rip a, do? we can rip a who knows it better and then just do all let's that do real that. quick at the end sure let's do Does that. that sound good okay we're gonna move in to a who knows it better everybody uh be blessed with a quick uh, word from our sponsor who knows it better who knows it better this is part of the show where we rotate hosts however dylan is hosting again this week he was gracious enough he has come up with a topic that Tim and I do not know. He has five questions within that topic that he will ask Tim and I the first time. We will go through, write down our answers. Then we will go back through and see who has the most correct. Tim has already wrapped up this season's most wins for Who Knows It Better. I cannot surpass him. However, Who Knows It Better is a fun game. And as the listener, we'd love for you to just, wherever you're listening, whether it's in the car, you're cleaning the garage, you're working at home, doing whatever. We want you to play along and see if you can answer Dylan's questions along with Tim and I. All right, so I'm a little worried that this topic has been discussed before already on Who Knows It Better, but hopefully, at the very least, my questions are different. So this week's topic is fast food. Oh, fast food. Yeah, we have done fast food before. However... Maybe you're, you know, there's a good chance your questions are different because I think I hosted fast food before and I had some pretty oddball. You hosted, you hosted uh, week four, your category was fast food. I had some pretty oddball questions for fast food. So either fingers crossed, we don't duplicate too many in this situation. Well, either way, this is Tim has wrapped it up. So really as the listener of the Bowski bros, we want you to uh, entrench yourself in this. Who knows it better? Listen, listen intently, play along. Uh, if you're listening with somebody else, maybe you can play with them in the car or wherever you are. This Who Knows It Better is for you. Although Tim and I are going to fucking battle it out and I go for the jugular every time. So let's do this. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, All right. Going let's down. You're going let's down. roll. <clears throat> All right. Question number one. Founded in 1969, this iconic fast food stop is credited with standardizing the drive through window. 1969? Yep. Founded in 1969, this iconic fast food stop is credited with standardizing the drive through window. Question number two. Founded in 1921, this is reported to be the first ever fast food restaurant in the USA. Yep. 1921, this is reported to be the first ever fast food restaurant in the USA. Question number three. In 1950, in, excuse me, in 1957, a fast food joint released this iconic sandwich. The then CEO of the restaurant said he wanted to convey the, quote, imagery of something big. Question number four. While not what some might call traditional fast food, this popular Southern diner is one of the world's largest purveyors of T-bone steaks and sells them at a rate of four per minute. Jesus Christ. So this is fast food or it's a rut? Can you read it again? While not what might some, or, <clears throat> while not what might some might call traditional fast food, this popular Southern diner is one of the world's largest purveyors of T-bone steaks and sells them at a rate of four per minute. Sorry, I know that one's a little wordy. 
<laughs> That's right. That's a good question. All right. Question number five. Setting the world record for the longest TV commercial, this franchise aired a 13-hour and five-minute dialogue-free ad in Duluth, Minnesota in 2014. Can you read it again? Setting the world record for the longest television commercial, this franchise aired a 13-hour and five-minute dialogue-free ad in Duluth, Minnesota in 2014. Jesus Christ. Fast food. We'll have some, yeah, fast food. We'll have some fun with the answers for this one for sure. All right, ready to <laughs> still give an answer for number two. Number two is the first drive-thru, right? Number one was the first drive-thru. Number oh. two was first fast food. Number f- number two was the oh, first was just first food. fast food. Okay, gotcha. And I, I can read the questions again before we give the final answers if you'd like. Yeah, no, I think you're good. Okay, cool. Oh, or yeah. no, yeah, read read them again as you go through. Yeah. All right, sweet, sweet. Well, then we'll start with question number one. Um, founded in 1969, this iconic fast food stop is credited with standardizing the drive-through window. Johnny. Uh, I just put Sonic. Sonic yeah, I said, still doesn't have a drive-thru. Sonic what? Sonic still doesn't have a drive-thru. They have a drive Oh, It's like a... Yeah, maybe I heard your question wrong, but either way I wrote no, down... No, Sonic has a drive-thru. Do they? Okay. Either way I wrote yeah, down Sonic. Not... I just heard the, the, the year 1969, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not any of the big hitters, because they had to have been around earlier, yeah. so... Okay, I got it wrong. Uh, uh, probably just because I heard it wrong, but whatever. That's my own fault. It's not yours. All right. My guess is Wendy's. Tim, you are correct. God damn okay. it. Wendy's Wendy's is the answer. Okay, question number two. Founded in 1921, this was reported to be the first ever fast food restaurant in the USA. Tim? Uh, I don't know why I put this song because I don't know if it's fast food, but I put Coney Island. Uh, I put White White Castle. And we are tied one to one. All right, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I baby. Love you love to see it. White. All right, question number three. In 1957, a fast food joint released this iconic sandwich. The then CEO of the restaurant said he wanted to convey the, quote, imagery of something big. Johnny? Uh, well, I just put McDonald's. Because they got a Big Mac, bro. <laughs> Tim? Uh, and I'm going with BK and the Whopper. Two to one, Tim. It is indeed God the Whopper sandwich. That was my second one, but I'm just like, you know, Big Mac, like it's maybe he's going with it's literally in the word, big in the name, Big Mac. It, and I thought Big Mac right away too, but I thought that's way too obvious. Well, and see, the funny part, the reason I literally added that question was literally for the fact that I was like, well, this could be one of two incredibly iconic sandwiches so it's like even if you don't know anything you got a 50 50 shot of maybe getting it right so that was that was a fun one uh your preference dylan big mac to the whopper um i'm a i'm a big mac guy for sure interesting Uh, i I like a whopper every once in a while but the the big mac is a uh, post bar staple for sure tim i feel like it's for me it's the whopper 
Yeah. I just feel like the I'm probably I feel like the you. McDonald's burgers are just too dry. I don't know about dry. I think the patties are just thin. I definitely love a Big oh, Mac. Maybe that causes them to taste dry. I love a Big Mac, but I'm, I'm probably with you on the Whopper. You just got to have so much of the special sauce that you make up for the dryness of the of the cracker level patties. So. God, they are good, you though. Just have to, you just have to dip it in your Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, God. All right, moving on. So this was, this was a little bit of an off-kilter one, and I apologize if this was, if this was tough. But um, while some might not call it a traditional fast food restaurant, this popular southern diner is one of the world's largest purveyors of T-bone steaks and sells them at a rate of four per minute. Uh, Tim. Uh, I went with Golden Corral. Uh, I went Good with test. I went with Old Country Buffet. Oh, they both went buffet. It's actually Waffle House. Interesting. Okay. Damn. Yeah. That so I, I figured that that I mean I know it's not exactly like drive-through fast food, but it is still like a major fast food chain throughout the southern states. So all right, nobody got that one. So Tim is still up, dude. I've what? eaten uh, Waffle House before. That shit moves fast. It is definitely <laughs> exactly, <fast food>. exactly. <laughs> it is still in the fast food categories when it, when it comes to everything. So. All right. Uh, question number five, setting the world record for the longest television commercial. This franchise aired a 13 hour and five minute long dialogue free ad in Duluth, Minnesota in 2014. Johnny. Um, I, I really had nothing, but I, I needed to write something down. So I just put Taco Bell which is probably yeah. totally wrong. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gordy's hi-hat. Because <laughs> remember... God, that, that would have been great. Yeah. You said that was your favorite uh, fast food restaurant. My guess is uh, is Culver's. Oh, that's a good so guess. So it was actually Arby's. Oh, God. Okay. We have and the meats. What they, what they did was air a full smoking of one of their briskets for their new brisket huh? sandwich. And they identified the good old uh, My Nine in Duluth as the the least expensive demographic where they still had some locations within the, the area. And so they bought that market and that market only to air a 13 hour and five minute long, nobody says a damn word free ad of a brisket smoking um, in, in Duluth. <laughs> damn, we just watched the meats get smoked. Exactly, which I, I thought was a, a fun tie to you know our our local communities. That is that is a good tie. I don't, Tim, I'm I should have said Gordy's. So I don't know what it is about Gordy's, man. That's that shit's good. Dylan Gordy's high hat, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs or or oh, over overrated or underrated? Overrated like fucking crazy. Yeah, well, you guys right. lived in Duluth. I did absolute insanity. And so it's it's tradition, it's and not I, even I, in Duluth. <laughs> Yeah, I, know. I, I understand that it is part of a lot of people's pilgrimage, their cabins and or Airbnbs up north. But like as somebody who had to cover the fucking opening of that stupid restaurant for however many years straight. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You put a lot of fish on your fish sandwich. It was like, I just no, 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 thanks, man. You, you can you can find a better burger at multiple locations within Duluth without having to make a pilgrimage out to Cloquet. You know, best burger, best burger in the Duluth Superior area, in my opinion, is at the Anchor Bar in Superior. 
I'd probably say it's got to be between Anchor and Gronks, which means that it's insecure. Gronks is good too. Gronks is good too. What's the yeah. What's the restaurant? I don't even know the name of it. It's in Duluth, down by Bent Paddle. They're They're known for smoking ribs or their ribs that they offer. Anyway, oh, OMC. Oh, okay, that might be what OMC it is. Smokehouse, yeah. Yeah. Boink, move, luck. I had a a <laughs> burger there where they put like hash browns on it with an egg and like onion rings and barbecue and that was the best fucking burger i have ever had before in my life oh daddy (laughs) yeah it was it was a good burger yeah that sounds excellent i would i would i would muck that up right now let's uh let's move on into some picks maybe here uh do you have Uh, a tiebreaker oh yeah of course Sorry, I forgot about that. Well, yeah, I know Tim. Okay. Tim won. Tim but... wrapped it up. I forgot about that. Okay, so this is uh, in, as tradition. We'll we'll keep it as a closest to. <clears throat> so in 2021, how many billions did U.S. residents spend on fast food? Jesus. Well, McDonald's slogan is "serving billions every day," so I know that's worldwide. But how many how many billions in 2021? Billions did the U.S. residents spend on fast food? I'm gonna say 35 billion dollars. So this is overall U.S. How much did the U.S. spend on on? L- literally, their the revenue that was posted by all the major fast food chains. <laughs> Man, I'm uh, I, you said 35, Tim. Yeah. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say 30, 36, 36 billion. Well, if it's closest without going over, then you are correct, Johnny. But the actual <laughs> number is two hundred and seventy-eight billion dollars. Two hundred and seventy-eight. That this is one of those where, like, Johnny, we've talked about this before. Like, if we're talking about like just an astronomical amount of money, like, yeah. I don't. My my you, scale you just can't. is just yep. I don't fucking know. Like what was the one we talked about? It was it uh, was uh, it was uh, Bacardi buying Patron. Yeah, it was like how much did they buy him for? And it's like fucking I don't know, dude. Like twenty billion? Is that a lot of money? <laughs> like in yeah. that? Yeah, I don't, like, I don't a, even know. Yeah, I don't know. Like relative to what? I don't fucking know. Two hundred seventy-eight billion dollars. Two hundred seventy-eight billion dollars. That is the metric. So how many people? How many people live? In the United States, oh, like three hundred and seventy million, something like that. So that's that's seven hundred and fifty. If I'm if I, I think I'm doing this right, seven hundred basically seven hundred and fifty bucks per person per year. So on fast Tim, food. Over a third of the U.S. population eats fast food daily. Wow, daily. And and, and just under a quarter of United States children eat fast food on a daily basis how can somebody afford daily <laughs> i mean not only should you uh, Dude, right I, right there's the whole like, health aspect to it but i don't i don't know you go to we the have, grocery store you go to the grocery store though like it is a lot easier to it's it's easier to buy the unhealthy stuff because it's cheaper yep. right like well, it's I, just you, if you were to eat fast food every day like you could bring your family of four or five to to McDonald's twice a day, and you'd probably spend less money. Like if you did all the deals and shit, and like didn't you know, 
whatever if you if you did you know the value menu or whatever you want to call it you could probably spend more on that than it than you would like going to the grocery store and getting actual real food well and when you take fast food into consideration that you're also talking about your jimmy johns your subways your you know that stuff as well which not saying that's incredibly healthier but like when we had when i worked at fox the there was no cafeteria there was like a microwave down in this little break room but literally in the same parking lot as the station there was a subway and i i mm-hmm. probably ate that you know three four nights a week for a good three four years just because like i was hardly ever going home other than to let the dog out mariel worked at tavern so we weren't really like <laughs> shopping so to speak because she had her meals paid for and i could go to subway and so like you you can see how depending on the lifestyle situation yeah, for it sure. might just be a way easier thing to have happen just yeah. down the road from that subway was a taco john's who knows it better tim once again knows it better but for everybody that was listening hopefully you had some fun with that one if you were playing along with somebody that you were listening with hopefully you guys had a some fun jabbing at each other on the fast food topic good job dylan all those questions were completely different from what i had so we got some some variety in there for fast food. So that was good. Good old fast food round two. Okay, we're gonna rip Indeed. through we're gonna rip through our uh our picks here or whatever we have, and then we're gonna wrap this up. But uh before we get into that, I'll give you just well, this is part of picks, but the standings that we have for our emailers who emailed in their playoff brackets. Uh everybody that emailed in before the playoffs started, we told you that for wild card round you'd get a point, divisional round you get two points, and conference championship round you get three points, and the Super Bowl you'd get four. So I have tallied those up, and from everybody that has emailed in, we have one person that has suppressed everybody, and uh, they have taken the victory, and that would be Josh, aka Smike Cunt. <laughs> Way to go, Josh. Good for you, man. So he nice came he came very close to our regular douchebag Brian. Uh douchebag Brian has eleven points going into the Super Bowl, and he does have Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. So he could end up with fifteen points. However, Josh is currently sitting at fifteen and he also has Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. So Brian can't pass him. Josh, you win. Uh, Josh, we're gonna we're gonna let you have your pick here on the Bowski Bros. Uh, whether you want a quick trip gift card, greatest convenience store on earth, or you want to get yourself a Bowski Bros. leather patch hat, we can get you one of those as well. You just let us or, know, or a couple couple signed autographed dick pics, your choice. You or, let us know, or a bright blaze orange butt plug, we can do that too. Whichever one you want to have, put some jewels on it. Whatever you want, man. They're only getting more exciting. Oh, my goodness. You <laughs> guys started all- off with a quick trip gift card, and I'm like, great, fried chicken. But then we got all the way to the butt plug. Uh, now I don't know what I'm going to pick. God, quick trip is still in. I, I mean, it surpasses fried chicken. There's much more than just fried chicken. You could go with the oh. good old quickie trap. The rib sandwiches. You know, those are pretty good. $1.49 oh. on Tuesdays. Let's, yeah. Mm. Grab a rib sandwich. <laughs> Absolutely. God, you know what oh, I do? Right. I tell you, every single Friday, <laughs> my lunch, my lunch every 
single Friday is Quick Trip Fish Sandwiches. I we drop I, I drop my daughter off at school and I pick me and my boys up some Quick Trip Fish Sandwiches and we go home we just devour them. And they're great. Would would Quick Trip be considered fast food? I'd say yes. The, probably the fastest of food, right? Probably. I mean, at this point. It's already just sitting right there for you. Yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely. Okay, let's let's roll here, Tim. What do we got? Okay, so between the three of us, uh, Sam, Tim, Johnny, the mainstays, uh, we did our playoff picks on the season. And, uh, of course, Chiefs and Eagles were picked by a couple of guys. Uh, Sam had the Chiefs, and I have the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about Super Bowl next week. We'll do a preview episode next week. We'll go over. We'll we'll make our our spread picks. But for spread picks from last week, uh, I picked the Eagles to cover at uh, minus two and a half. Uh, they did, and then some. So I gained twenty one and a half. I'm now at forty four and a half. You, Johnny, uh, lost four and a half points uh, with the Bengals losing. Because at the time it was Bengals minus one and a half. It went down four and a half. You're at 55 and a half. So I'm only back by 10 right now. And <laughs> the way we'll do it next week is it'll just be you and me that get a pick. And I basically just get the pick. I, I get to make, you know, I get to make the first pick. So you're stuck with whoever's left. And uh, I just got to make up 10 points. That's all I got to do. Oh, bummer. I'll end up with either the Eagles or the Chiefs. <laughs> what a horrible pick. So I told Tim, I, I said, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I, I told Tim, I said, let's hope, uh, let's hope the Super Bowl is not a blowout in Tim's favor because otherwise that means you take two out of the three crowns that we have. And I just, I can't let that happen. Can't happen. But even if I do take those two, Johnny, you know that the one I wanted, I hold. Yeah. You hold. I cannot get the one I actually wanted. Okay, so that's how those two picks went. Uh, Dylan, you had Kansas City at uh, plus one and a half. They won by what? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. You get four and a half points. Uh, in, I know it's just positive. a couple weeks you here, so that puts you at positive 26 and a half. Uh, Sam didn't have a choice. He was with San Francisco, who had the worst loss of the week. Uh, minus 21 and a half. So that puts him at negative 104 and a half on the entire season. Jesus Christ. So uh, that's where we'll we'll have Sam end there. He's just done. Oh my God. Enough is enough. It's so bad. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm glad, I will say that I'm glad that you and I are on the top for this picks game because he was the one that instigated it and he wanted to play it. Yeah. So... We bested Sam at his own game. No That's doubt. always fun. I like it. No, it's good. So there you go. Those are picks. Uh, we'll preview Super Bowl next week, but that's yep. all I got. Yep. Now. Like Tim said, we're going to we're gonna do a whole Super Bowl episode. Dylan, you coming back? Are we going to talk yeah, some Super there, Bowl? Yeah, I'm there, You guys want me? I'm here. Yeah. So we'll have Dylan back. We're going to talk about our Chiefs and Eagles matchup. Uh, it should be a pretty electric game. I don't know that. You could really, you could really ask for a better Super Bowl matchup between Hertz and Mahomes. That's gonna be a, it's gonna be pretty electric. But we'll spend uh, the good majority of next week talking about that, prepping the Super Bowl, and just some Bowski Bros moving forward. We'll bring a little bit of that up. We are definitely not gonna recap the Pro Bowl 
no. this weekend. I, so. to, to be honest with you, I think Tim even had Pro Bowl stuff to talk about tonight. And with how dumb Dude. the Pro Bowl is, we didn't even talk about it. So I got a whole page of notes. And yeah, we, Pro we Bowl did, sucks. There's we, a water balloon toss. If there's did. a water balloon toss at the Pro Bowl, I'm out. And we're not talking about it. <laughs> a whole page of notes that says the Pro Bowl sucks. Oh, fantastic. All right. There you go, everybody. That's uh, only one game left. Super Bowl. We'll be talking about it next week. Thanks for listening to the Bowski Bros. Those of you that were new this week, there you go. You got to listen to uh, Dylan Yappa's trap for an hour and a half. So go ahead and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the Bowski Bros podcast. We will see you next week. Deuces.